The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Rev. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Glad to be with you this week. Now, Percy, we normally deal with very positive topics. We've talked with cancer survivors, for instance, on this program. Today, we're going to deal with grief and loss. Wayne, it's an important subject for sure. Of course, people of faith are trusting and believing God for their healing of sickness and disease. But the other side of this expectation is that the word of God also tells us in Hebrews 9, 27, that it is appointed unto man once to die. Therefore, death and dying is very much part of our reality. And as we tackle this topic today, we do so mindful of what Scripture says. You've already referred to Scripture, but you've chosen a verse for us to start out today. And it's a verse of Scripture that I'm not sure if many people have thought within the context of today's conversation, but I do want to frame it in that direction. Psalms 23, verse number four, that says, even though, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. You are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Well, of course, walking through a valley of the shadow of death uh, has a lot to do with, again, losing family members and loved ones who we have prayed for and and believed God to touch and to bring uh, back to full recovery. But we lose those individuals and Are we reminded of the fact that God has promised that he would lead us, he would be with us, and that he would comfort us Mm -hmm. in the midst of that loss and in the midst of that grief? And every one of us has been touched by grief and loss. And every one of us at some point will be touched with grief and loss as we move forward. Let's begin to think and become more proactive in the attempt to deal with that better. So we need to learn to deal with this ourselves. And in many cases, we need to be ready to minister to people who are feeling a loss in their life maybe even children who are feeling lost. Well, again, as part of the ministry of Jesus Christ, he helped people work through their loss of life. He helped them work through uh, that difficult reality of when life on this side of the promises of God no longer exists, that we need to begin to turn our attention and our affection toward that which is on the other side. And ultimately, as believers, as you know, Wayne, we believe that we're going to be reunited with those loved ones. And we believe we're going to go to a place called paradise, but we have to work through the process of that loss. Right. A lot of people want to go to heaven. Yeah. And this conversation today is really coming about because uh, many people have said, you need to talk about this. And so we're going to talk about it today. And more than that, we're going to offer a resource to everyone listening today, which you can download right now. Very practical information, insightful information on dealing with grief and loss. So go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Look for this, Dealing with Grief and Loss, and maybe even follow along as we discuss this topic here today. It's coming to you on Health, Hope, and Inspiration.
If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic medicine, along with pastoral care to help maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. As you listen to Health, Hope, and Inspiration today, I want you to know that at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. Once again, I'm Wayne Shepherd with Percy McRae, Reverend Percy McRae, as we talk about grief and loss today. I can't think of a more important topic. Well, again, the question on the table, and I want to frame it this way, Wayne. What happens when you as a believer have been trusting and believing God to heal your loved one, to take care of some serious sickness or malady, and you have given all of your spiritual uh, resources, time, and attention to that, and at the end of that process, you lose that loved one. Yeah. What do you do and how do you process It's hard, that? isn't it? It's, it's difficult. Really it's hard. hard. But it is part of our reality, and we want to address that. We want to look that square in the eye, and we want to talk about how we can address that today. What are some of the things you've learned? I mean, you've you've dealt with this for many years in your role at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. How do you deal with it? Well, again, personally, and you're right, I've been asked the question, and often when I'm on the plane and individuals ask me what I do for a living and where I work, and I tell them I always get this long face and this disposition of, oh, my goodness, that must be really hard work and that must be really sad work because immediately people are associating, of course, cancer with death and dying. And again, part of the context of this discussion is that as much in, in 20 years that I've seen the miraculous happen, I've seen hundreds and thousands of people who have recovered and received their healing via uh, medical science and their faith and trust in God. I've also seen a number of people, well-intended uh, believers who trust and love God and believe God who did not receive their healing and simply transitioned. Yeah. Uh, I've had to be part of those experiences, those difficult moments. And the first thing for me to to ground myself in is the reality of the word of God. Amen. And in that, the word of God tells us, number one, that we need to focus our attention on the fact that we should not sorrow as those who have no hope, according to First Thessalonians 4, 13 and 18. Ultimately, the other side of that reality is as a believer and as believers that we are supporting, we're going to be re reunited and we're going to see those individuals again. So what that scripture helps us to understand as a as an applicable practical application is that we have to base our disappointment 
and and our letdown with the realities of what the Word of God has promised us that is still yet to come. That is such an important point because there is an ultimate healing, isn't there? That is correct. Yeah, but that's, at the same time, we still love and miss that person so much. We do. And again, it's difficult. It's tough. Sometimes we get into very uh, interesting places uh, where we, we don't want to communicate. We don't want individ- individuals having that discussion with us. And it takes us some time. And everyone, I think, was really important about this. Every individual grieves very differently, very uniquely, and we need to be prepared to support everyone's unique way of how they grieve. Some people are quiet. Mm -hmm. Some people are more verbal. Some people obviously are emotional. Some people become very insulated. There are different dynamics of one's personality, and we need to be equipped, if you will, to be able to be responsive to all of those unique circles. There is no cookie-cutter format of how to tell someone to grieve. That's so important to understand for ourselves when we feel grief and loss, but also as we reach out to others who are experiencing that. Well, let's talk about the, the stages of grief, generally speaking. The first, of course, is shock, right? Well, Wayne, before we go through these very general concepts about grieving, let me first say that everything that we will be sharing here has come from information that we compiled from the National Cancer Institute and a book entitled Seven Stages of Grief written by Janelle Shantz Hertzler. So these are very broad and general concepts. So, but we'll go through these in this order, but that's not necessarily the chronological order. And again, going back to the point, don't apply this to if someone doesn't initially yeah. uh, exper- express shock that then you're trying to tell them, well, you shouldn't be shocked this right This is now. not a formula. That is correct. So again, we're working with dynamic human beings and we need to be adaptable. People can potentially experience and express shock of the loss of a loved one. You know, oh my goodness, I, I'm trying to come to terms with that this has happened to my mom or my dad or my husband or my child. It's just working through that initial uh, moment of embracing the reality of the situation. Even though the illness may have lasted a long time, still when they're gone, that that often happens that we just are... We're called up short, aren't we? You know, what's interesting about this, Wayne, as I can interject here and supporting many caregivers uh, at the bedside, is that in some cases, because of the length of time of of giving care, individuals tend to think that they've made such a deposit that they're even more shocked when the when they lose someone. Because That's they, interesting. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's like I've put so much energy into this. We've prayed so long. We fasted so long. We, we had, never even considered anything else would happen. That's, that exactly. Yeah. So it's almost as if because of the investment of the resource that I applied to the situation, how dare this not come out and turn out the way that I expected it to? And I've seen that happen where there's just a there's just an utter surprise and shock at the fact of all of the prayers that's gone up. This is what has happened. So shock takes on a lot of different dimensions mm-hmm. and uh, iterations based upon expectation in terms of investment and time. But there can be an initial uh, aspect of shock of individuals trying to simply come to terms with this is what the reality is right now today. And I'm not in a position to do anything about it. Hmm. Because, again, some of us for type A personalities, you know, who believe that we can change a circumstance by doing something or applying a a principle, then it becomes this dynamic of I feel hopeless and helpless and I can't do anything about this. And that then can create 
another dynamic, and we'll get to it later, which is anger. But we're not ready to talk about that right now. Okay. But with respect to that, there is a shock factor of this is where we are. And you know what? People need to get, be given time to embrace that that reality. And they may act it out differently. And they may act Some out. may lash out at others in shock and others may just pull within, right? I'll give you a perfect example. I, I shall never forget the day that many, many years ago I was working on call in our emergency room uh, and we had a young man who came in and died from an apparent asthma attack. Mm. And as it turned out, when it was all said and done, there were some other uh, kind of chemical dynamics that were at play with uh, some things that he was doing. But the original thought was that he died from an asthma attack. And his brother who came to the hospital uh, walked in as as his brother was being pronounced dead and literally just lost it. He just in hearing that. Hearing that his brother had died, the shock of that sent him into a, a stage of rage mm. where he lashed out against the the wife, his sister-in-law, and then blamed her for his brother dying. And as it all turned out, the toxicology report came back and there were some other, again, things yeah. that contributed to that. We tried to talk him down from that sh- that place of shock. But he just simply was not ready to hear that at that moment and ran out of the emergency room and literally no one could find him for days. So it's just a a graphic example of the point of how different people cope and react to different things. So it calls for understanding. It calls for understanding and patience and in some cases to be careful because – uh, people can can react in some cases Good violently, and, and 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 you know you're not prepared for that, and you're not looking for that to be mindful again of the human interaction of a person simply not being willing or prepared, and the shock factor sends them into a very interesting state and disposition. Well, another general stage of grief is denial, and I know you've seen this at work too, haven't you? Denial is real, and I and again, as much as I love the body of Christ and I love the faith community. Uh, I would also say that this is probably one of the areas that I've seen more frequent than not with this community because, again, of the faith factor, the the anticipation and the belief of, again, this is going to turn for our good. This is and, and the interpretation of this turning for our good is that we're going to get on the completely on the other side of this and we're going to be free of this situation, free of the sickness and disease. And this person is going to go and live. And again, I've seen hundreds and thousands of people yeah. do that. But on the other side of the coin, I've seen those who did not. That was not the end of their story. And so then I've seen family members who would just go into straight denial mm. that this is not really what's happening. Uh, you know, we're going to stay here and we're going to pray all night. Uh, another example was a young daughter of a mother uh, who passed away, who went into a state of shock. And then when she came down off of that um that emotional experience then basically asked me if I would go to the mortuary service and pray over her mom as they were preparing her uh, for, you know, her kind of her funeral and et cetera, and asked me if I would help her uh, basically speak life back into her mom. And again, I've never done anything like that. It's not. And of course, we know we have scriptural accounts of scenarios as such, but she was she simply did not. She and couldn't would, accept it. She would not accept the fact that her mother at that point was dead and she had died and taken her last breath. 
So denial is a very real re, uh, reality for people under these circumstances. Well, there are other stages we'll talk about in a few moments, but I do want our listeners to understand how deeply we feel about this and want to help you as you process these emotions or help others process these emotions. So that's why uh, much of what we're talking about today, Percy, you've put this into the form of a resource that folks can go right now online and receive. Again, we want to put something in your hands. This resource is available Number one, to simply, again, to help you become more in tune with the possible feelings and experiences of what can happen under the circumstances of grief and loss. And in some ways, possibly proactively try to prepare yourself, not that you're expecting anyone to die, certainly not that you want anyone close to you to die. But if and when you should find yourself in that scenario and situation, one of the things that Uh, I consider to be a gift with the type of work that I've done, Wayne, is that I've given a lot of thought frequently of if and when my mom, my dad or someone close to me would die. Mm -hmm. How would I react? How would I respond? And I'd like to think that I am preparing myself for that possibility of that day so I can react and respond in a favorable manner. Yeah. Why not be proactive about this and download this resource and study it so that you're better prepared for that day to help someone or to understand your own emotions when you suffer a loss in your life. So go online to healthhopeandinspiration.com and download this document called Dealing with Grief and Loss. It's free. Of course, there is no charge or obligation. We just want to help you deal with these issues. Dealing with Grief and Loss, available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, let's come back in a moment and let's talk about other stages of grief. Let's talk about guilt and let's talk about sorrow and depression. It's coming up on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic medicine, along with pastoral care to help maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. So glad you're with us for what turns out to be a very important conversation today here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our topic is dealing with grief and loss. And once again, this resource is available to you in printed form. You can download it right now from our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, we've talked about shock and denial as stages of grief. What's the next one we need to talk about? Well, the you know, the, the other big emotional dynamic and hurdle for people to work through is the the feeling of guilt. Hmm. Uh, again, 
the I think the more that uh, we love our our loved ones and we care for them deeply and passionately, guilt can become a very real uh, offspring of losing individuals because we begin to start thinking about, in some cases, things that we should have done that we didn't do. Yeah, maybe we wish we had uh, seen the symptoms earlier, maybe forced someone to go to the doctor sooner, that kind of thing. And then the other side of guilt also becomes, Wayne, and this is a very important component of of uh, missed conversations of past events, uh, asking people to forgive them. Oh, uh, of course. Things that, you know, I, I was not there for your graduation or for your prom. Uh, believe it or not, as human beings, we tend to harbor and hold on to uh, meaningful events that may have taken place that we felt a loved one or we ourselves did not properly respond to as we should have. Another great example, young man, his grandmother passed away and he had not been keeping in contact with her for many years, came to the hospital and she had died. And he just went through this enormous guilt of all of the years that he should have spent time connecting with his grandmother, but didn't. And at her death's bed, he shows up at the hospital. And so I'm having to comfort him through the fact that all of the years that I wasted and how guilty he felt about that. It's a very real emotion. It's a very real emotion that can take on many different aspects and iterations depending on our relationships. And again, these emotions aren't necessarily always in order. Uh, people deal with it differently. But the next one is sorrow and depression. Well, again, once people kind of get to a place of uh, the reality has has now sunk in and, you know, they've they've come to that to terms with that a little bit. Individuals can potentially find themselves in a sorrowful and depressed state where they don't want to talk to family or friends. In some cases, they, they disconnect and, and no longer want to socialize. Uh, I've seen cases where individuals uh, have wanted to go to the place of residence of loved ones and just sit in the room where they used to sleep or not want to remove clothing yeah. or articles of personal belongings. Yeah, I've and just, seen that too. And right. just leave things exactly as were because they're, they're just in such a state of sorrow. And the more that they look at that to remind themselves, it just takes them into a greater place of depression at that point. So it's a huge psychological uh, cavern that individuals can find themselves in. And if not uh, adjusted and addressed, uh, actually can then be very counterproductive to their own health and well-being. We have to give room for that, don't we? We we must allow room and space for people to express their sorrow. And I think that's another key point here. Uh, everyone needs to be given a place of expression of their sorrow. And again, people express sorrow very differently. Uh, some people cry. Some people laugh. Some people become very chatty and conversational. And others become very insulated and quiet. But allow that expression to unite uniquely take place and then allow a person to have that moment of where they're simply processing that that may may be viewed as a depressed state but we don't want to leave people in that mm -hmm. place because again people can actually get stuck in a place of yeah. depression and and then have trouble recovering and getting traction it calls for great wisdom yeah so you do you need to have timing and sensitivity but there also can be a point in time where there may need to be a place where you need to intervene to try to help pull a person out of the the the, cult, the doldrum of being depressed to the point where they're not active and they're not engaged with society any longer. And then next, of course, another stage could possibly be acceptance, moving on and engaging in life once again. Let's be clear. Acceptance is not being glad or satisfied of the fact that someone has died. It is simply 
accepting the reality that mom, dad, sister, or brother, they're, they're not, they're no longer with us, you know? And again, as believers, this is where our theology can kick in. and can really be beneficial to us that they are now in a place. The Bible says called paradise. They're in the presence of God. Hmm. And if we think about it, this thought may help us better accept what has happened. They're in a greater place and they're actually in a place where we want to go and where we're believing to actually be with them. It helps us to accept that reality. Well, I know this has been a brief conversation, but it's been so very important to hear these things today. And even more importantly, you can go deeper with this when you download this resource, Dealing with Grief and Loss. It's available at Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Dot com. Read that scripture verse for us one more time. Absolutely. Again, this document is not telling people that you've been defeated, but that you've actually are an overcomer. And here's a scripture that will help us. Psalms uh, 23, verse 4. Even though, I love how it starts, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with you and I, Wayne, and those who are listening His rod and his staff, they comfort us in the midst of our loss, in the midst of our hurt. God will comfort you. Amen. Dealing with grief and loss, download it at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And as we leave, may I remind you that you can share this program online with others by giving them that same website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, where anyone can listen to the program on demand. healthhopeandinspiration.com. Download this week's featured resource and share the link with others who would want to listen to this program. For Reverend Percy McRae, I'm Wayne Shepherd, and we'll see you next week right here for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hope and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic medicine, along with pastoral care to help maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits.